Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. I recently had an episode that discussed decluttering arts and crafts. This is a bit of a follow-up to that episode as there were more elements of this area that we didn't fully sort through, no pun intended. Join me today with my guests, hosts of the Laughs and Littles podcast, Annie Tarr and Sarah O'Brien. We chat about having the right craft supplies for your kids, especially when you have multiples, and how to store, save, and display art, and much more. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to ask you if you've been enjoying my new book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity. So far, I've heard some really great feedback, and I've really been blown away by the positive responses, the reviews on Amazon, the reviews on Goodreads, the DMs. All of it has really been remarkable. All that to say, if you've recently finished or are about to do so, would you do me a huge favor and leave a review on Amazon? It helps other readers find the book and prompts the publisher to print more copies to keep them in stock, especially as we're approaching the holiday season. Minimalist Moms would be a great gift. It also has sections on decorating for the holidays and what to do with unwanted gifts, what to do about gift giving. These are just suggestions that I have practiced in my own life that have been really beneficial, and I hope that if you pick up a copy that they're helpful to you as well. I've included an easily accessible link in the show notes. And now for this bonus conversation with Annie and Sarah. Annie, Sarah, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thanks for changing my life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a little extreme, but... (laughs) Thanks for having us. (laughs) I guess we have to fill the listeners in on what Annie and I were just talking about before we got on the call. And I was saying how I always start the podcast the same way. I always say, Annie, Sarah, thanks for joining me on the podcast. And you're usually like, yeah, thanks for having us. And I'm like, absolutely. And I, I want to change it up, but I don't ever know what to say. So that was a good way to start. <laughs> well, let's introduce ourselves. Who am I talking to here? Tell me more about you guys. Whoever wants to start can go first. And do you guys consider yourselves to be minimalist? Yes, I definitely do. I do forget sometimes that I'm a, a minimalist. And then I go to other people's houses and I'm like, Oh, definitely. And then I look at my closet and I'm like, no, but you know, it's a process. <laughs> and this is Annie speaking. Uh, yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's Annie. I'm Sarah. And, um, yeah. So between the two of us, Annie and I have seven kids ranging from two months old to, or three months old to six years old. And, um, so we have a lot of little kids in the house and we co-host a podcast together called laughs and littles where we just chat about friendship, motherhood, our faith, and anything from transitioning kids to sharing room to like how to start a quiet time for your kids. Our last episode of our last season was me sharing my entire home birth story. So we just kind of like (laughs) put it all out there. (laughs) Placenta and all. It was uh, excellent. (laughs) I need to go listen to that. That is a dream of mine that will never come to reality, but I, I I, I would love that. All right. Well, how did you guys meet and how did this podcast come to be? Yeah, Sarah and I met because our husbands were both studying at Notre Dame at the time. Now, Sarah and I are living in different states, but our kids are just similar ages. And we just started, I roped Sarah into a weekly hangout um, 
just kind of tricked her into this Monday afternoon thing. And it, it just got going. And right before she moved or when they were considering moving, she was like, we should start a podcast because we both love podcasts. I mean, especially me, but we both go through seasons of listening to lots of podcasts. And we we're like, yeah, we totally should. And I don't, we just, we just started. Someday far in the future, we will start a <laughs> podcast. And it was like a month from that day that we got all because of Annie. Annie was like, yes. And like <laughs> did it. everything yeah. to get it going. It's been so fun. And we have just had such great interactions with people reaching out to us, enjoying the content because we're really just sharing pretty, like, like you can hear pretty personal stuff about our lives and our friendship. And, you know, it's just nice, I think, to go through life with people sometimes and laugh. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's fun to find podcasts that you can either relate to and or aspire to whoever you're listening to, because there are a lot of podcasts, but not everyone is going to be for every person. And I think that's why it's so mm -hmm. fun. Well, we are not on track about what we're going to talk about. So let's move <laughs> back on track and let's talk about craft supplies. And I have talked about this recently, but we're going to dive into a different area and we're going to talk about having the right supplies at home. And I just want to know, what does that mean to you to have the right craft supplies? And how do we determine what is right, especially if we have more than one child? So however you guys want to go about this, I'm curious to know what you have to say. Yeah, I will definitely say, because I listened to that first crafting episode and that guest that you had on, she enjoyed crafting herself, which I would say is not my situation. <laughs> but I have... Three little kids. So I'm always thinking, what do I have? And how do I make sure they're all using it appropriately? And I would say, first, the wrong craft supplies for them is anything that involves a kit and anything that it looks like it requires any adult assistance. <laughs> My daughter was recently given, which is great, given a kit, but it required an annoying amount of help from an adult. And I ended up had to do, you know, most of the work because she really wanted to make this happen. It was like 30 pages of in instructions mm -hmm. and it completely reinforced for me that supplies have to be at their level. So this means whatever age your kid is observing them and watching to see if the supplies they're using are too easy, too hard. If it's on one of those extremes, they won't be interested in crafting. Next, I would say, don't be stingy with the tape. And <laughs> this was a really hard one for me to get past <laughs> seeing how much tape gets wasted. But the muscles that kids use to pull tape out of a dispenser and tape things together are actually the same fine motor skills they need for pen and writing control. Mm -hmm. So I buy the bulk tape rolls from Costco and have the dispensers and when we first started with just like free rule of tape, I mean, she would use them as like rope, like just, just you know, my nightmare, you know, <laughs> but it, it does simmer down. And I always remember if I, if I go into the crafting room and see a lot of taping used, I go, that was cheaper than a babysitter for the last two hours. So I would say tape and masking tape is really good or painter's tape, which would bring me to recyclables. In our crafting room, so we have three small bedrooms in our house, five kids in my house, 
And the craft room is also the office. It's where the toddler sleeps. And so it's, you know, multi-use room. And we have a box in there of just recyclable materials. And my kids just love to tape things together, cut them up, color on them with markers. This I feel like is a really great thing as a minimalist because it's super cheap. It allows for tons of creativity. And then the markers. I know Sarah's still a little bit on the fence about markers. <laughs> She's had one too many disasters. <laughs> and okay, you know, we've had those too, but I don't know, maybe just not as much. But my kids, I just make them clean it up with Mr. Clean sponges. And then they generally start. So I would say tape, recyclables, and having good markers. I do often see kids that have markers where the ink is really starting to dry out and they can't draw on cardboard. And I've just seen my kids and kids who come over to my house have so much fun when the marker is actually strong enough to color on cardboard. It has to be like a big, vibrant color. My kids are one and a half, three and a half, five and a half. And anything that they want to do all together, they can do the markers, cardboard, and tape together. But pretty much only my five and a half year old can do more independent crafting Mm -hmm. and be trusted to have more materials. Anything where you're actually sitting down and trying, let's all create a blank and we're going to like, no, I would say the end result you know, does not matter. And you have to be able to let go of that. So when I'm juggling, you know, the three kids, they can only do something for a really short amount of time. Cause that's like, I think the vision, you know, and I've talked to a lot of moms who say, oh, like I wanted to craft, but to get all the supplies out and to make sure everyone's got what they need. And I say, no, 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 no. I send my kids out side with the craft materials by themselves or like my daughter's in the room by herself, like no adult supervision. <laughs> like that's how easy the crafting needs to be. Yeah. Annie, Annie has given me a different way of thinking about crafting. Mm-hmm. And when we, yeah, same. When I told people we were going to be talking about crafting for this episode, they were like, oh, like I wish my kid would craft. There's this barrier around crafting. Cause I think it's, It's like Mm -hmm. focused on an end product or it's focused on like, it's just going to make this huge mess and I'm going to be so involved in it. So now because of Annie, I'm like, what can be used independently and what can withstand some wear and tear? Mm -hmm. And then whatever end product is made, what can be easily disposed of? (laughs) (laughs) I will pretty much recycle this thing that you made as soon as you're not paying attention to it anymore. (laughs) And then for younger kids, two-year-old, my two-year-old who can't, you know, can't really do anything, Mm -hmm. do it independently. I want materials that are like really simple and washable. Yeah. Colored pencils and paper out on the table. Let's Mm -hmm. do this together. And then Mm -hmm. I can quickly put it away. I think that's my big thing because I have an almost seven-year-old, a four-year-old who who just turned four and an almost two-year-old. And the four-year-old, he he's at a place where I feel confident leaving him now more independently with things that I would only give to my six-year-old. But mm-hmm. the baby, it's like everything is in the mouth. And then you have to be like, yeah. okay, this is a choking hazard. So what can you have? And then I'm pretty sure most things are non-toxic that I buy for them. But also you don't necessarily want that going into their mouth if it doesn't need to. <laughs> but I do, I love the idea of saying like, 
hey, here's your bin of crafts. You three, you three can take it into the backyard. And I mean, that could give me a chance to like minimally supervise while also just reading a book on the back porch because I'm like right there, but also have at it. What is your creativity driving you to create right now? And again, I love the idea of, Mm -hmm. well, I, I always photograph my kids their artwork or just what they've created. And then it goes into the scrapbook and it actually gets tossed. We only keep the very meaningful things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like we're on the same page, but also you're giving me ideas that I hadn't thought of. Yeah. And so many times when my daughter starts to create something, it never gets finished because it's like, she doesn't care either. Mm -hmm. She and uh, one of her best friends have been making a quote unquote robot for like over a year. And Mm -hmm. she'll tell people in the store, Patrick and I are making a robot. And I'm like, I'll whisper to them if she's not listening, there is no robot because every time they start over and they're just like putting together random material and gathering supplies and coming up with ideas because Mm -hmm. they don't care if there's a robot. They just care if they have these cool supplies that they can manipulate. (laughs) So great. We got a new couch, I don't know, a few months ago and the big, big box that came in. I mean, that entertained all three of them for quite a long time. So it's even (laughs) things like that that are just so helpful that aren't going to stay forever, but just maybe like for the Mm -hmm. weekend. And I guess, I don't know. I don't know the definition of crafting as we're talking about this. I'm like, well, my daughter colors every day, but that's not exactly crafting. We're not putting Mm -hmm. materials together and, and gluing things together. So I guess that somewhat takes me to my next question. And I want to stay within the framework of being minimalist and how Mm -hmm. are we storing the things that we do have? And then I also want to talk about saving and displaying, but first let's talk about storing. So if we are crafting, it's more than just this paper and the markers, where do we keep it all? Well, I guess first I would say that my daughter doesn't really have any toys. So like the crafting supplies are her toys. Clara is like an extreme crafter. Yes. Okay. My my totally. daughter, I would say, is like average for a five and a half, six year old. This is like her my life. world, my identity. <laughs> so wait, go back, go back. Your oh, daughter doesn't sorry, have any toys. What do you mm-hmm. mean by that? I mean she she has books. Okay. I guess she has like some dress up things, but really she doesn't she doesn't want to like play with dolls or babies anymore. Yeah. She wants to create things, and. Oh, one thing that maybe your daughter would like that I recently taught Clara is how to use a hot glue gun, which transformed my life. And I was really nervous about it at first because, you know, it's dangerous, but you just show them. Uh I was like, I think I probably could have taught her this at like four and a half because you burn yourself once and then you don't really do it again. That opened up like a whole new world of new things that she could make. I just wanted you to describe that to listeners because I think some people think that sounds impossible, but it actually is mm-hmm. if you hone in on what they really love to do and want to do. Like so many of them just yeah. are comfortable being ballerinas and dances their whole life. Crafting is their whole life at this age. So I think that's really cool. Definitely. If you've recently been following me on social media, you'll see that I've been going through somewhat of a closet purge, decluttering some items that I no longer wear. I was thrilled to hear about the app Poshmark, where I can easily sell and purchase new clothes. For those of you who haven't heard about Poshmark, it is a free app that you can download and you can easily clean out your closet and sell items for cash. I'll be adding my items soon, so download the app using my referral code. 
Listeners of Minimalist Moms get $10 off your first purchase. Just enter the invite code Minimalist Moms when you sign up. That's invite code Minimalist Moms. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand, and that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on Home Threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. In our craft room, Mm -hmm. we have dresser for storage and three drawers are for crafting. And then there's one basket of recyclables. It it is pretty minimal. For storing though, Sarah, why don't you take that first? Storing for me is like, we have like a bin and like a small box. And then I display in one place. I have like a thing on the wall that with like little clothes pin Mm -hmm. things I got from Target. And that's like, mom, look, I made this. I'm like, great pin it up. And then the thing gets full and I kind of not secretly, but just kind of when they're really zoned in on it, I take things off and I either recycle them or I mail them to family. I have a really cool Ikea art display where I can just slip the art into these picture frames. And I couldn't find a link to it. They might not sell it anymore, but I will send you a link where I found you can actually make it pretty easily with just boxes and picture frames. This for me, I really liked as it feels to me a much more cleaner look of art. It's more my style to have things in boxes, but then there's actually room for the pieces of art to be 3D. And same as Sarah, I mail things out to family members. And oftentimes I used to collect anytime someone was giving away or at a thrift store, I would just get a huge stack of gift bags. And whenever we would go to someone's house or they'd come here, we would just put so much art in there and and give it to people. You know, we'd go to someone's house for dinner and there'd be like a whole gift bag of art. And they're like, thank you. <laughs> or, they'd, or they'd hide there. <laughs> um, 
uh, disappointment a little better than that. But it was really cute of just like, yep, honoring the child because they want to see it going somewhere sometimes. But that that does depend on the child. But I do remember a guest and you're so saying that what's on your fridge door mm-hmm. is a direct representation of what's in your whole house. Mm-hmm. And that was wonderful for for me to hear. So I do keep the fridge doors clean. And just like Sarah, I think just having one spot in the house where you display art. And if something doesn't fit in that area, mm-hmm. then you have to tell the kids like, oh, it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit on the art wall. Like, what do you think we should do with it? Do you think we should give it to a neighbor mm-hmm. <laughs> or a friend or a teacher? Mm-hmm. So, and then yeah, throw away as much as you can at night. <laughs> yeah. I went through a season where I went against the fridge door thing. Cause that was in the study, the life at home in the 21st century study. And they did talk mm-hmm. about the correlation between your household and what you have displayed. And then I was like, you know what? Screw that. My daughter's only little for so long. I'm going to, I'm going to display a few pieces, but then it really did just start to bother me. It was just an eyesore. So we do have the clips and we hang it and it's like, this is where we display the art and that's okay. And I don't need to feel guilty about anything because I'm still displaying it. And that was my whole point. It just doesn't need to be on my fridge in this space Mm -hmm. that already can feel chaotic with either rushing meals or whatever it is going on. I didn't want that also just being like another thing that I thought about every day. I will say another thing about the Ikea storage, Mm -hmm. which I found this DIY that I think people will really like is that you can put things on top of each other Mm -hmm. or or in front of each other. So like a picture will be in a frame And then instead of having to add it to the clips, I can just put this new picture in front of and the kids feel safe because they're like, okay, my art is still on the wall. It's just behind this other piece. So it's another way to keep it minimal that it doesn't feel like it's piling up so much. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Send me the link of the one that it was the DIY. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to put that Mm -hmm. in the show notes. Have anything else that you want to share? I just really want people to let go of the idea that you have to be sitting down with your kids and that they're all engaged in the same craft because, you know, our kids, the different ages and your kids, there's no way the seven-year-old and the two-year-old can do the same thing. And being okay with sending, especially sending your big kids off and being able to do crafts. And I have had kids, wonderful, sweet kids come to my house who they look at the craft room and they they don't know what to do. And they're like, where are the instructions? I'm like, oh, because, you know, you haven't been empowered to feel free. And maybe they have different interests and that's fine. Yeah. But yeah. looking at it as you're cultivating this skill in your kids mm-hmm. and it will get messy. And sometimes it's so messy. We just visited <laughs> Annie. So my daughter was, she went into the craft room. And was kind of like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but, but I think it was because the materials that Annie, Annie has given Clara so much freedom, like the hot glue gun and stuff like that. And like little beads, little things everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere because, because <laughs> she's so into it and she's like using it for hours and hours. But yeah. Evangeline was kind of like, oh my gosh, we can use all this stuff however <laughs> we want to kind of like, what is going on here? <laughs> But then loved it. Contained chaos. And then, yeah, it fits back in those three drawers. (laughs) It needs to be in the office. I don't want to see it anywhere else. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, I, I love that. And Charlotte has probably more boundaries than that, but you're really encouraging me to strip away some of those boundaries because again, I think that they just flourish with their creativity at this age. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to suppress that in them. I want it to continue to flourish, especially if they're showing a giftedness towards art, which I believe Charlotte mm-hmm. does. So I'm like, yeah, how about it? I should give that to you, you know? Love it. All right. Well, ladies, this was an awesome conversation, but where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you, your podcast or connect with you online? Yeah, we're on Instagram and Facebook and people can listen to our podcast wherever laughs and littles. Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. So my first question is, what is something that you are simplifying right now? AKA, what is your minimalist moment of the week? And if you both want to take this, you totally can, or one of you can answer one question. One of you can answer the other, whatever you think. I wanted to say something simple, like putting socks next to the shoe bin, which that is kind of one thing because we're (laughs) back in school and we're out the door and my kids have to wear socks, which they never do. So it's like socks go here right next to the shoes. But I also am postpartum with my fourth baby. So it's kind of this more, feels like this more nebulous thing of like, I am stretched to the limits. So everything needs to become more minimal (laughs) in order to survive. So things like, I have to say, Sarah texted me like two and a half weeks ago and she was like, uh, I need to organize my entire house. And I was like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) that doesn't sound unreasonable. You just got home from a trip and your two kids are starting to slow down, (laughs) but it's that drive of like, everything's busy. I gotta, (laughs) yes, I had to say that one. Um, but probably dinner is something that's like forefront of my mind of how can I make dinner the simplest thing ever? So I don't have to think about it and I don't have to spend time on it and it'll just get done every day. So I did a crock pot today and I feel like that was kind of a minimal moment of the week. (laughs) (laughs) On the day that we're recording this, I had an episode go live about bare minimum dinners. So that might help you in some of the advice. I, yeah, I think you'll like that one, Sarah. Okay. Yes. I will check that out. I need help. (laughs) All right. Well, what is yours, Annie? Your something that you can't stop talking about? I would say I wanted to say juicing, but (laughs) I'm going to spare you all and instead say (laughs) my Roomba, which Sarah also has now. And it is the best purchase of my husband's life. I asked him for like a bracelet or a necklace for our anniversary and he came home with a Roomba and I was like, oh, thank you. This is great. And now I'm like, you're a genius. This was the best gift ever. It vacuums my floor for free every night. Well, it's not for, it feels like it's for free. It feels like I'm paying a maid nothing. I just can't explain how great having a Roomba is. <laughs> it feels like someone's helping you. You do the carpets Roomba and I'll do the dishes and we're like doing this together. It totally feels like that. I fired Roomba. I had Roomba. You what? What? (laughs) Yeah. Roomba. Well, Roomba doesn't have legs. So we have in our two separate rooms, we have a little drop down. It's just like a, probably like a three inch drop down, but Roomba couldn't get up and down obviously. But Roomba just kept getting stuck in different places. I'd come home and stuck again. And then. Oh, that has never happened to me. Yeah, the rug. That is a faulty yeah. Roomba. So I'm like, maybe I should have upgraded to like the bougie Roomba if there's such a thing. But yeah, I think there Roomba. might be. I sold Roomba <laughs> on Facebook Marketplace. Good for um, you. It wasn't working. I want it to. I would have loved it to work out, but it just didn't. 
but I'm glad it's working Maybe for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. But I just saw on Instagram, someone sells Roomba covers and they're actually little pets. And I was like, oh, that is for people who have too much stuff. Nice. Um, so there's funny. like one more thing. <laughs> Yeah, but I was like, your Roomba. <laughs> don't decorate your Roomba. But I was like, I still think it's cool. And I want to look at it because I'm obsessed with the Roomba, <laughs> but I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> it is fun. I was sad to get rid of it, but I was just like, we're not using this as much as I want to. And it's just taking up space. So it's, I'm a minimalist. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, guys, this was such a fun conversation. Thank you for, like I said, the encouragement of just kind of setting some of those boundaries to the side and letting my children flourish with creativity and crafting. So I appreciate you guys coming on today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. What did you think of the episode? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.